do the book of Second Timothy. Second Timothy, chapter number four. Second Timothy, chapter number four. And for a brief moment here, we're gonna we're gonna read there in verse seven right now. But but before we read, I just want to quickly lay a little bit of groundwork here. That guy doesn't want to be late, eh? Uh, just a little bit of groundwork here. We, in, in the day and age we live, and I assume many of you, if not all, has been exposed to, to some form of a miscommunication, whether that would be at the house, at the workplace, in your studies, where, where an, uh, a task was handed out and the expectation for the results of this task was laid out, and in the end, looking back, the results was not met, which means the expectation was not met. And there's three things I, I, I think that plays a, plays a role in that, that either the instruction of the task was not understood, so somebody gave you a task or you gave a task to somebody else, and the reason the expectation was not met is because the, the task wasn't fully understood. Or the authority that gave out the, the task was not respected, or there was no faith in that authority. And then thirdly, I think, the reason the task is not fulfilled or the expectation is not necessarily met is because the one that is performing the task does not see that there would be any value that's going to be added to their life if this task is going to be completed. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I preached a sermon on rediscovering the value of, of the Bible, and I do think that that's very important, and I think we do need to get back to this. But I think another, another uh, what do I say this, another hindrance... Um, an obstacle, an obstruction, call it what you want. I don't want to call it a problem, but I guess I don't think it is, it is that. But I think one of the things that's hindering us to get closer to God is I don't necessarily think we take out the, the expectation that God has on this book. I don't think we necessarily fully appreciate the value of this. And, and if we put it in that context, either we don't understand what, what is written in this book or we don't respect the authority. And I know that sounds hard, but I think it's time that we need to be honest and open with ourselves um, and say if, 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 if there is a lack of respect towards God, then at least we can do something. But let's not hide behind the fact that says, no, 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 I will never disrespect God. Guys, we sin. We sin every day. And by default, us sinning, there is a disrespect towards God. And for that matter, I say that in certain aspects, yes, we do not necessarily respect or, or trust the authority that gave us the task. And then thirdly, I think a lot of people don't see the value of, of, of pra practicing and, and really performing what this book is telling me them to do. So I want to preach to you this morning, I don't think I'm going to be long, a sermon titled, What is Your Expectation? What is your expectation? And I want to take it from two, st see if we can take it from two angles this morning. One being, what's God's expectation? What is the expect expectation that God puts on us? And what is our expectation towards ourselves? What do I want to get out of the Christian life? Why am I doing this? Why am I, as Paul said there, and, sorry, why am I doing this? And can we say at the end of this Christian life, like Paul said there in 2 Timothy 4 and verse 7, and let's read there together with me. Paul said there in verse, verse 6, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. And Paul's ended up saying, I have kept the faith. 
Now, giving you guys a little bit of context, this is the last book Paul wrote, again, out of prison <coughs> to, to young Timothy. And he gave him a little bit of admonition. And, and as you read through the book of 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, you can see that at the latter part of 2 Timothy, Paul kind of, he, he, the, the book turns a little bit somber, if I can put it that way. Um, you can see that, that, that Paul knows his, his, end, his earthly end is coming near. And he, he kind of wants to put the last, the last little bit of info he had. He wants to make it, he want to make, it uh, make it plain, and he wants to make it clear, and he wants to say, guys, this is the summary of my life. And I want to ask you this question. For the time that you have ran the Christian race and fought the Christian fight and have keeping the faith up until now, what would one verse of summary be for your Christian life? I'm not trying to, to let anybody feel bad. I'm not trying to offend anybody. But I really want to make you think this morning if you have to look back and, and you have to write, for, my, for I am now ready to be offered and my time of departure is at hand, and you have to sit down and think, would you be able to say something of this line? I have fought a good fight. I know, God is, I've, I've, I know I've, I've done what God expects of me. I finished my course. I've, I've really ran this race with all I had. And I've kept on, I've clinged on to that faith that Jesus bestowed upon me. And I think the success of Paul's life was gauged on three, these three phrases. And I want to look at them this morning very briefly to say, what is our expectation from this Bible? What is our expectation of this Bible? And before we dive right into this, let's just bow our heads and have a quick word of prayer. Father, we thank you this morning and, and we come to you humbly in the name of Jesus Christ. And Father, thank you for another day that you have given us, Father. And please help us to rejoice and be glad in this. God, I really pray and ask that you would be with all of us here in this room. God, please speak to us. God, through your word this morning, help us to, to take to heart what you have prepared for us. Lord, this is your word and, and I really pray and ask that the value of this word would would sink in deep in our hearts and that we would cling to this, Father, more than what we can, we can see with our physical eyes, God. Help us this morning and we pray for this in, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. So Paul said here, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. And my question that I want to start off this morning here is, what do you think God expects of us? And I think that's a very broad, broad term. God ex expects of us to be holy. He expects of us not to sin. He expects of us to come to church. I mean, there, there's a lot of things, but, but in the end, what does He expect of us? He expects of us to keep and practice this Word, His Word. The task that He has given us, He expects of us to do this. And I thought this week, but what's my expectation for myself? What, what do, I, do I just bluntly follow this Word, or what do I expect of myself to do this? I, I want to do this with all of my heart. And the question pops up, but, but why, why is my heart not always in this? Why is my heart not always, why, why am I, at, sometimes I get to a point where I say, but heesh, I'm tired, I really don't want to do this. What is my expectation then of myself? And I think the Bible has a lot to say about this. And that's why I really want to focus in on just this verse, because I think we will be able to, to stay here for quite a couple of times. And I think this will, this can end up in, in some form of a series preaching where you just go week in and week out and say, what's the expectation that the Bible has on us and, and on ourselves? So 
Keeping this to, to this verse only, the Bible says here in 2 Timothy 4 and 7, Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have fought a good fight. Keep your, your, your uh, space here in 2 Timothy and just page, I think about it, one page back, 2 Timothy chapter number 2. Paul likened the Christian life to a fight, first of all, to a fight. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 1, Paul wrote here to Timothy, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. By the way, that's a great verse just to back the point of discipleship. You have been taught and it gets to a point where you have to teach others. Verse number three, Thou therefore, Timothy, endure hardness. You remember discipleship? The first lesson of discipleship? We, we, we read about these two words, we learn about them, like and as. Whenever you read this in the Bible, look out. God's going to teach you something. Thou therefore endure hardness as a, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Oh my goodness. All right, so we are basically in a battlefield. That's what he is saying. You're a soldier, whether you like it or not. All right. Have you ever signed up? No, I, I doubt this, but have you ever signed up for something uh, like, let's say, I don't know, a, a, a race or a, I don't know, let's, let's, let's call it a triathlon. You signed up for it. You don't know what's it, what, it's, what it's about. You just sign up for it, and the day comes up, and you pitch up there, and you say, all right, I'm going to do a triathlon. Never done it. Don't know what to expect. Don't know what to do. You're a little bit out of your depth, eh? You, you, have, you have no clue what you're going to do there. You have no clue. What, what, am I, what, what am I need to do first? Do I need to run? Do I need to swim? Do I need to bike? Do I need to go this way, that way? I've, I've not prepared. Um, and that's a little bit a daunting task. And I think a lot of time the Christians find ourselves in this spot here. We have signed up for the Christian life. But when the trials come, we look and say, but I, I haven't prepared for this. Why, why am I here? What am I doing? What, what am I supposed to do first? Lord, do I need to read? Do I need to pray? But the hard times is already on you. It's now time to know what you need to do. The preparation and the experience needs to come in now. And I think a lot of times we lack this. And Paul said here, this is the expectation that God puts on us. Brother, sister, this is a battlefield. I'm not trying to allegorize this by saying, you know what, this is like a, this is a battlefield. It's not like, it is a battlefield. Satan walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Doesn't the Bible tell us in numerous places that we do not fight against the earthly spirits, uh, the, the earthly people, and it's, it's, it's not about me and you. It's up there in heaven. It's the demon. It's the angels. It's something sometimes we can't see, but there is a battle going on. And I, I would hate for you to show up one day and the, 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 the porch of hard times, of troubled times, and you say, but, but what am I doing here? What, what should I do now? Should I knock? Should I run? Should I pray? Should I read? And the Bible says here, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. If you're saved here this morning, you have already enlisted. All right? Buckle up. There's no way out of this now. You're going to learn on the go. You're going to learn on the battlefield. But that's one of the expectations that, that we need to put on ourselves is to say, 
I have to redefine my idea of the Bible if I have thought this to be a walk in the park. If I thought this is going to be moonshine and roses, I'm going to wake up every day and everything is just going to be lovely. The sun is going to shine every day. The rain is going to fall on my uh, maize crops and the, the grass is going to grow me where my cows are gazing. It's not always like that. And I think a lot of times we as Christians, we want, really want to experience that part of Christianity. And don't understand me wrong, there is so many good things about Christianity. Yes, there are many days that the sun shines. There are many days that the, that the rain falls on the crops. And there are many days where the grass grows, where the cows uh, gay, uh, graze. But it's not always like that. And sometimes we have to say, all right, I have to realize my situation now. I am in a battle. And I think, yes, people have joy in battles, small joys, small victories. It's not necessarily always a nice thing to be exposed to, but that's part of life. You know, with this battle, I, I think immediately, when I think about battle, when I think about war, I think about America putting their nose in everybody's pies and everybody's business and say, you know what, we'll send soldiers or we'll take them out or, you know what, we'll be there. And one of the things I think about, and I I've, I've, I've saw a couple of uh, programs on this a while ago, but there's basic underwater, I think it's destructive something training, uh, they call it BUDS training for, for the, the Navy SEALs. And it is hard. It is, it is extremely, it's probably one of the f uh, hardest physical I don't know, period of time you will have to go through. And there is a reason, there's a method behind their madness. The reason for this is one of the guys said there that this proves to those who make it to the end that the human body can do 10 times the amount of work the average man thinks is possible. 10 times, 10 times. And you, there's a difference between putting these guys in a classroom and saying, hey, everybody, the human body can do 10 times more than you expect, and everybody will react like this. <laughs> All right, thank you very much. But there's something else about experiencing that. There's something else about going through this BUDS training. Can I say that it's the basic user-friendly discipleship standards? This BUDS training, if you go through this and you stand at the end and you've been through tough times, there has been an expectation on you to say you have to run this fast, you have to be able to do this, you have to be able to carry this load, you have to be able to memorize this, you have to be on, under pressure, know what this book is saying for argument's sake. But at the end, you're going to look back and say, I did not think I will be able to go through that. I did not think I was able to, to, to memorize that or do that. But that's the expectation. And I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but, but guys, that is why there is hard times in, in the Christian life. That is why we go through trials and tribulations. That is why the trials and tribulation gives us experience. Doesn't Romans tell us that? Tribulation worketh experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, for the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. That hard times brings experience. I can look back and I say, wow, I did not think that that would have happened, but now I've experienced. So the next trial, the next tribulation, the next battle, the next war I'm walking into, I'll be able to better prepare. 
I'll be able to better prepare. I want to be clear about this. That the expectation that you as an individual should put on the Bible should not be a walk in the park. It should not be, this is going to be easy. It should not be, yeah, yeah, I can do that in my off time. But we should seriously consider the following things. That this will be tiring. It's a fact. You will get tired. There will be days where you don't want to continue. And that's okay. It is okay to wake up and say, I really don't want to do this. The determining factor is what you do with that. Do you say, I really don't want to do this, so I am not going to do this? Or do you say, you know what, I really don't want to do this, but it would be the right thing to do. Let's put it in the context of today's warfare. Let's say a soldier on the battlefield wakes up the next morning and he says, I really don't feel like going to the battlefield today. What do you think his commander would do? But that's the reason they go through about training. So they can make sure that when he gets on the battlefield, that that reaction, he knows how to react to that. There has been training. There has been training. And I want to say this morning, uh, I don't want you to walk into or be in Christianity without, with this thought in your mind of this is going to be easy because you, know what, uh, you need to know what to expect. Because if you don't know what to expect, if the hard times come, you say, this is not what I signed up for. I signed up for Bud's training, but I thought we were going to go to Roco Mama's and eat burgers. <laughs> this, I thought this was going to be easy. I thought that you, I mean, you're going to give me like just a bunch of food to eat and, and supplements to drink, and I'm going to just bulk up. That was a misconception. The expectation was not correct. And I don't want you to be in Christianity or sign up for Christianity, Christianity and say, but I thought Christianity is this. It's blessings, it's health, it's wealth, it's prosperity. It's, it's just all the way easy. It's, it's when a problem comes, God just solves it. It's unfortunately not how it works. And you need to be prepared, guys. This will be tiring. This will be tiring. And for that, you say, all right, perfect, Armand, it's going to be tiring. And then I say amen to that. It's, we, there's nothing we can do about it. Well, there's one thing we can do about it. We can prepare, right? We can prepare for the day that we, we're, we know the tiring day is going to come. We know the day that we're going to step into battle and the, the gunshots are going to fire and reminding ourselves that we're not in the park with a bunch of roses and waterfalls at the sides and birds chirping, but some days we're on a battlefield and we're going to get dirty and we're going to get tired. We're going to feel like quitting, but that's where we stop, we reconsider, and we turn back to this book and we say, all right, I'm not at an emotional state to think straight, so let somebody else or something else do the thinking for me. My first point is, we need to fight. What's your expectation? The expectation that we can put on the Bible is that the Bible expects of us to fight. Wow, there's a lot of expectations in there. The Bible expects of us to prepare. This is going to be a fight. <clears throat> and the next point, as Paul said there in 2 Timothy 4 and 7, I have fought a good fight. You know, he said there, I have fought a good fight. I have. Not I will be, 
I have. This is, this is something that he, he, he went through on a constant basis. I have finished my course. Point number one and two, it's, it's, it kind of runs together, but it's worth, it's worth mentioning both. But he, he, he likens this to a war, and he likens this to a race. Both which takes preparation. Both which takes experience. Both which needs you to do something about this. But Paul said this, I have finished my course. Again, I've turned back to the analogy. If somebody comes to me and says, all right, you're going to run a race in five minutes. All right, all right, that's not a problem. I'll run the race, but just give me some detail. What's expected of me in this race? How far am I going to run? What, what, what direction am I going? Who am I running with? Um, do, do I need to bring anything with? What, what's, 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 what's up with this? I have to prepare for this race. And Paul said, I have finished my course. Can I just very quickly say this? Just because, I don't know how to put this otherwise, your friend or your mom and your dad or your uncle or your oma or whoever signed up for this race doesn't give you automatic um, access to this race. You guys get what I'm saying? Just because somebody else signed up for this and you possibly know them or you're going uh, to the race with them does not mean you are in this race. So you have to sign up your own application form. You have to sign your own indemnity form. And what, this, what that is saying is I have re I've count the cost. I, have, I understand what is being expected of me in this race. And if you have not done this and you are in this race and you look back and you're still not sure which way you're going and everybody's just running to and fro, can I just ask that it would be better for you to stop, go to the side of the road, sit down, maybe just take out that pamphlet again and just, just read through what is this race about? Why am I doing this? Why am I running this race? Do I even want to run this race? Because I think the moment we put the correct expectation on ourselves for this and what the Bible expects of us, I think we'll be better equipped to approach these types of things. Better equipped to say, okay, great, I've realized I'm in a battle and I need to fight, and I realize I'm in a race. I have to run. I have to run. Can I just quickly say this, that if you haven't signed up yet, please think about it. Yes, I'm saying that it's a battlefield. Yes, I am saying that it's a race. But doesn't we, don't we sing that song, I've come to the garden alone. The dew is still on the roses. And the chorus as it goes, and I, and I walk with him, and I talk with him. This is not the complete Christian life right here. We're not 24-7 in a battlefield. We're not 24-7 in a race. Although we need to reach the end goal, there, there comes some time where we, we take a breather. We just stop, get to the side of the road, and kind of regroup. Like in boxing, there's rounds. You give your all. And at the end of the round, you go to your corner, and your coach talks to you. And he motivates you. And he says, all right, look at that. Do this. Breathe. Here's a little bit of water. And we get back in. But if we go into the whole boxing scenario with the expectation that I have to box for 10 rounds without ever drinking water, that's tall order. 
Can, you take, ask your, can I ask you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter number 9. Keep your place in first, uh, Second Timothy. We're going to get back, be there back. Be back there momentarily. 1 Corinthians, chapter number 9. And again, a passage many of you know. Paul likened this to as a race. 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 24 he said there, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. I'd just like to say this as well. We don't necessarily run so that we win the prize and say, Great, I finished it. Look at my prize. But we run so that we can say, It's Jesus that gave us the strength to run. I've ran this race for Him. I've done all the preparation and everything for Him. And it's because of him I am able to do this. But he still says there, so run that ye may obtain. You have to still prepare. We cannot be in this race and say, you know what? I don't really care how I end up in this race. Um, I am going to heaven one day. I'm going to stand before God. I'm going to tell him thanks for saving me. But he says run. He doesn't say, the verse does not say you are going to be first. But he says, run that ye may obtain. Verse 25, and every man that striveth, everyone that, that tries to win, and every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate, self-control in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. One thing I quickly want to point out there is Paul said that, that, that the expectation of this is you have to have self-control. You have to have self-control. As I said, there's going to be times you're going to say, I'm tired, I taste blood in my mouth, I don't want to continue. Please stop, make this stop. I want to go home. Can my mom give me a hug? Please, I just need some love. And then Paul says here, you have to have some self-control. In those times, it is okay to say, I do not need another 10 kilometers to run. I do not need another 30 bullets to fly past me. I need to stop I need to compose myself, and I need to get back to what this Bible expects of me. Knowing that the hard times are going to come. Knowing that in the race you're going to feel like, I really don't want to continue. That is okay. The deciding factor is what you do with that information. Do you quit? Or do you, ask Paul, uh, or do, you do like Paul said here, strive, that you may obtain, that, strive for the masteries that you may obtain, but do it with self-control, and approach this in a more sustainable, uh, sustainable, way, a sustainable way. And the third point here I want to make, it's, it's pretty uh, self-explanatory, it's the third point that Paul made in here, is he said, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, and lastly he said, I have kept the faith. Guys, we do this for the faith. You're not in a battlefield, you're not in a race just because. You're in this for the faith. And he said, I have kept the faith. I have kept the faith. I've held that thing close to my heart. And that was the deciding thing that made me continue day in and day out. Wake up every morning and say, that is why I'm doing this. I'm doing this for the faith. I'm doing this for the faith. We know what faith is. Previous chapter, chapter number 3 and verse 15. And Paul said here, And that from a child, telling Timothy, Thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation 
through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. So that is the salvation, uh, that is the faith that Paul held on to. He held on to the promises of God. He held on to what God said. And by faith, trusted God. Now, a lot of people say, yes, that's exactly what's my, that, what my problem is with Christianity. You guys have blind faith. No, that's not what I'm saying. Having faith and blind faith is two different things. There are more than enough proofs in this book here to say, you know what? I cannot see God. I cannot hear an audible voice. But there's enough proof in here to put my faith into what God has said. If somebody tells you, hey, hey I'm, I'll meet you at, I don't know, uh, the golf course tomorrow at 8 o'clock. We'll tee off. And you're there tomorrow morning and this guy doesn't show up. You say, all right, I'll, I'll be gracious. Uh, and he phones you, sorry man, I missed it. I'll be there tomorrow again. You want to play again? Yes, let's play again at 8 tomorrow. You show up there, doesn't pitch, doesn't let you know anything. The next guy, and so it continues. At some point you're going to say, I'm losing faith in what this guy is saying. Can I just quickly ask this question, and let's be honest, have God given us any reason to doubt what He said in this book? Any reason whatsoever? And if you cannot answer that with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, I would strongly encourage you to do that, so that you can say, my faith is fully, unwavering, unshakenly, in this book, whatever this book says, I'm going to do with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And at the end of my life, I will be able to see I fought the good fight. I have finished my course. And bless God, I have kept this faith. I think there is so many people, if we stop right now and we say, the time of your departure is at hand. I don't think anybody has ever gotten to the end of their life and said, yes, I am completely happy with what I have done for Christ. I think there will always be that yearning in your heart to say, you know what, Lord, I could have done more. I, I could have, I could have, I could have uh, uh, finished the course better. I could have fought in the battle more, uh, more with more fervency. But are you at least able to say, you know what, there is a deciding factor within me to say, I, I have fought and I've, I've, I've really tried. Yes, I've messed up here and there, but I've really tried. And Paul said, just cling on to that faith. Cling on to that faith. Do you guys see in, in verse 7 there in four, the book of four, um, 2 Timothy chapter 4 that, that all three of the things that he, that he mentioned there is a, a verb. A verb is a vergwerde, not a noun. It's a verb, right? I think it's a verb, yes. It's both, all three phrases there ask of you to action. It's not something we can sit and just get. We read there in the book of James where he said, and I've mentioned this, I think, in more my sermons than not, but your faith without your works is dead. And yes, some explanation is needed there. It does not mean that we have to work for our faith, but that as somebody that has faith, they have already obtained that faith, and that faith is actioned by living it out. I want, to, I want to really encourage you this morning to keep on to that faith. Cling on to that faith, as Paul said. And if you are not able to stand up today, look back and say, if I depart today, I've really tried to fight good. I've really tried to run this race with all that I have. And I've really tried to hold on 
to the faith. I have really tried. Then I would strongly encourage you to, to reconsider, get back to the point to say, well, what is my expectation of this book? I don't want to just go through this and say, you know what, I don't expect my, a lot for myself, or I don't understand what the expectation is of this race, of this battle. What do I need to keep? What is, the, what is this faith? What is expected of me and what this book expects of me? And I want to end off with this by saying that, guys, Christianity is not designed to wear you out. A lot of people say, you know what, I, I just need to step away. I just need to break away a little bit from church. I just need to break away a little bit from constant Bible reading or, or whatever the case might be. It is not designed to wear you out. So if it wears you out, reconsider. Do not make this the knee-jerk reaction to say, it's this book that's wearing me out or it's Christianity that's wearing me out. It is also not designed to make the whole prosperity movement come through in your life. And that's where we have, the, we have to have this balance. But I can promise you that it is designed that if you follow its steps, it will bring you closer to God. And as Romans said, the verse I want to end off with is, Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. This morning, if you have a, <clears throat> a warped per perception, a warped expectation, I want to pray and ask that you would get back to this book. I want to ask you this morning is, what is your expectation? Can you say, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith? Let's all pray. Lord, thank you that we still have your book, your written word with us today, Father, that we, we can know and will truly know, Father, that this is what you expect of us, Father. Father, and I know that, that some people and, and, and the, the term Christianity and, and all of that, Father, has been water, watered down over the centuries, and, and I think a lot of people have a warped idea about this, and, and that's part of where the whole confusion comes from. Lord, but I pray that we would get back to this book. I pray with all fervency, God, that you would help these people, help me, Father. We would get in line with your book. Know what, this, what, it, what is expected of us, Father. And, and I think also that that the way forward, once we 100% know and have faith in this book to know what is, ex what is expected of us, we will be able to do it with more fervency. God, I pray for all of us in here. God, please help us. Show us, Lord. Speak to us. Lord, that we will not just meet but exceed the expectation that you have on us, God. Thank you for another day, Lord, that we have to to practice this and exercise this. And I pray that you would give us opportunities throughout the week to come, Lord, to really make use of your word. I pray for the service to come, and I ask that your hand would be on that as well, Lord. I thank it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.